Welcome into another episode of Dads in Time Out. This is your host, Jesse Williams. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of things. Probably won't be a super long podcast. I have to get to work. But there's some things that I want to get off my chest. Some things that I feel like need to be mentioned. So number one, if you're a gambler out there and you listen to this podcast, I would strongly, strongly encourage you not to listen to this podcast and then go make gambling picks based off of that. And let me tell you why. A lot of times I listen to a lot of shows and I watch the games that I can and I follow the, especially the NBA very closely. And then I make picks accordingly. And a lot of times I'm wrong because I don't know everything and I don't know everything. So I know I just said that twice, but I wanted to emphasize that point. Here's the point. So I picked the Jazz over the Grizzlies 4-1, and I think that's going to hold up maybe 4-2. I think I might give Memphis a game. I picked the Lakers 4-2 over the Suns, but of course Anthony Davis is now hurt. Chris Paul's back healthy, and it's 2-2. So I think if the Lakers win, it would be 4-3. I have no idea. I think I need to see game five before I can adequately assess that series. I did pick the Clippers to beat the Mavericks four games to three, But the way the Mavericks are playing, I don't know if the Mavericks can win another game. Because here's the thing. In this series, two developments have happened. The Clippers have gotten basically perfect offensive production from Kawhi Leonard. And in the first two games of the series, the Mavericks got almost perfect production from their role players and bench. And now that Luka seems hurt, and Skip Bayless actually made a point that I agree with. Don't ever tell him I said this. But... He made a point that he said that he doesn't think Luka is very physically tough or mentally tough when it comes to playing through injuries. And it looked like that injury to his neck, the neck strain, really affected him last night. I watched almost that entire game. I think from the end of the first quarter all the way until like the last, there was like two minutes left, and I'm like, or like a minute 30 left, and I'm like, okay, this game's over. And. It looks like if Luka doesn't average 40 or 35 in this series the rest of the way and their shooters don't shoot crazy, they're not going to win. I do see some Mavs fans out there going crazy. Don't worry. I'm going to address fans as a whole in general in the next segment of this show. So, but And this doesn't mean that I think that all the Clippers' problems are solved. They had a couple of possessions where the ball movement's really good, but Paul George really likes to just go one-on-one a whole bunch. And he didn't do anything after the second quarter. So we'll see. We'll see how that series unfolds. But I did pick the Clippers. So I think it's going to be Clippers 4, Mavs 2. But anything could happen. This series has been nuts. I picked Blazers 4-2 over the Nuggets. It's 2-2. They won a game where Dane Lillard had 10 points. So I have no idea what to do there because... The Nuggets just don't seem to have enough offensively with all their injuries, and that's that. Sixers 4, Wizards 1. I don't know why I didn't predict that to be a sweep. I thought that Washington might be able to steal a game, but even when Westbrook has a semi-efficient game, they don't seem to be able to do anything in that series. I picked the Nets 4 over Celtics 2. Halfway through that game yesterday, I thought that the Celtics might be able to make this like a 4-2 series, but I think that's going to go 4-1. I picked the Knicks over the Hawks 4-2 because obviously, call me a casual, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of, and maybe any of the Hawks play this season. I just thought the Knicks would ride momentum and they would be able to do something defensively with Trey Young. I did not foresee Julius Randle being this bad 
Now, he did play a little better in game four, but I think that series is over. I think the Hawks win that 4-1. They have just seemed to figure something out, and the Knicks just don't have the consistent firepower offensively to deal with them. The Bucks four, Heat two, they obviously swept that series pretty convincingly after game one. I just, this Heat team relied too much on Trevor Ariza and Andre Iguodala and Dwayne Dedman. So I'm not surprised. I just thought the Heat would at least win a game, possibly two. Their shooters didn't come to play. Not really too surprised on that. And so the NBA playoffs have been very interesting so far. And it looks like injuries are just going to play a huge factor, especially in the Lakers-Suns series. But I don't know what this really means going forward because let's say that the Maver- let's say the Clippers beat the Mavericks. I-, I don't really know what to do with that Utah series because if Utah plays the way they're playing, the Clippers aren't going to beat them 4-2. Now, I'm not saying the Clippers aren't going to win, but I have to see the Clippers do this for an entire series, which we haven't really seen in a playoff series since Kawhi and PG got there with this iteration of the Clippers. The Lakers just... When they're good, they're really good. I think LeBron is going to have to be take over LeBron because Anthony Davis obviously is just super brittle this year, more so than usual. He's always grabbing a leg. His groin's hurt now. He's just always injured. LeBron's not 100%, even though he did that alley-oop off the backboard where he was like had his elbows above the rim. But can he consistently carry? And the Suns are a good team. The Suns are not scrubs. The Suns have a good coach they have a great all-time point guard they have one of the best scorers up and coming in Devin Booker and then their role players campaign and Cameron Johnson and even Jay Crowder seem to hit timely shots I just don't think that their role players can be trusted and KCP was out and so I'm not making excuses for the Lakers but injuries matter because this is what really makes me upset is that When Chris Paul was hurt, everyone was just ready to use as an excuse, oh, well, the Lakers are going to beat the Suns because Chris Paul's hurt. But now Anthony Davis gets hurt, who's legitimately the second-best player in the series when he's right. It's LeBron, and then it's Anthony Davis, and then it's probably Chris Paul and Devin Booker, right? So AD's hurt and not 100%, but people are just waiting for the Lakers to lose. They could be like, I told you, LeBron's not the GOAT. And at this point... It's going to tie into my fan segue later because I have to do this all the time because I'm stupid and I get on Twitter and I really read what some people say, even people that I'm close to. And I'm just, man, I'm like, fanboys, calm down. Like, and this goes into college sports too. And so the NBA playoffs have been great, but have they really? Have we really had great, great games? Most of these games, a lot of these games have been blowouts. Like the Knicks-Hawks series has not been close after game two. Jazz-Grizzlies, I think, is going to be a good series. Lakers-Suns has been kind of up and down and a little, a lot of sloppy basketball. Blazers-Nuggets has just been unpredictable, so that's fun. But the Nuggets, if, if Portland could guard anybody, the Nuggets series wouldn't even be close. Like they, they should, if they could, if they had two people that could consistently guard people, they would blow the Nuggets off the floor. Um, the Nets-Celtics hasn't been close. I think the the Nets played a game in Game 3 where they just they went into the Garden and Jason Tatum dropped like 50 points or however many points he had in that game. And he still had 40 points yesterday. 
but they just don't have anything. They're starting Evan Fournier. Tristan Thompson is getting great minutes. They're playing Peyton Pritchard. Like, it, this is more of an indictment on Boston. Of course, I mean, James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I think I said all three guys, KD, Kyrie, Harden, are just too much. And this is not the series that's going to make me be like, oh, my gosh. Because we saw this in the regular season where they could just outscore people. When they play Brook, when they play Milwaukee, that's going to be the key to that series. So the NBA playoffs have been great. Let's get to my regular scheduled rant on fans. So I live in Arkansas, and I'm really happy that the Arkansas Razorbacks baseball team won the SEC regular season and the SEC tournament. They're the number one team in the country, and they're hosting in the College World Series. And all I hear, instead of Razorbacks fans, not all of them, but a lot of the fans on Twitter are more upset about the lack of respect than they are about that more so than they are happy that the team is doing well. And it's like, look, dudes, we only got two people on the all-conference team. Oh, well, these announcers are pro-Tennessee. Like, that's a sign of a program that isn't used to success. Like, a couple years ago, the Razorbacks got to the College World Series final, and then they lost in excruciating fashion. Well, they were one out away, and then they dropped a foul ball. And then the next next pitch, the guy hits the tying run, and then they lose the next game, right? And they're like, oh, well, we don't have the, the support of, like, who cares? At the end of the day, like, it just drives me crazy that everybody is so concerned with what's going on with the media. Like, the media doesn't respect this. The, 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 the league doesn't respect this. Like, come on, guys. Like, this is what bothers me about fans so much. Uh, somebody on Twitter was talking about how Charles Barkley said that, John Collins only hits dunks, and he's like, he's a casual. Obviously, he doesn't watch the Hawks. And it's like, look, dudes, these national media guys cover the entire league. And most of the time, they're covering the games that they're going to be covering on, on TNT or ESPN or ABC, whatever network that they work for. And the Hawks weren't on there. Why? Because they get these games based on ratings. And the Hawks were horrible last year. The Hawks were horrible the year before that. The Hawks were horrible until Nate McMillan took over. Trey Young is one of the most polarizing people because he just hunts foul calls. It's the same reason a lot of people dislike James Harden. And so all I hear are these fans just getting up in arms because Charles Barkley didn't watch every single Hawks game. Like, listen, some of us have jobs. Some of us have to travel for our jobs. Some of us have a six-month-old child at home, about to be seven months. Shout out to Elijah, my son. Love him. Love him to death. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. Some of us decided not to have cable because there's so... I, I noticed this in the hotel room. I was flipping through the channels, and like the first 50 channels are all paid programming. Like, I don't want to buy a gold necklace. I don't want to buy your Dollar Shave Club, even though I've heard good things about Dollar Shave Club. I don't want to buy all these things that they're selling to me on TV. It's like everyone's just trying to sell a product, which is, I guess, hypocritical of me because I try to push this podcast. But it's just one of those things to where I don't have time to sit there and watch every single NBA game. Like... I don't, I just don't understand, like, you guys, and, and for you guys that have time, like, you watch all these games, and then you go off, and, and, like, it's like you guys think that, especially with the Razorbacks, like, every time David Van Horn, the, the coach of the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks baseball team, makes a decision, you have all these 
Monday morning quarterbacks and all these people on Twitter that are just sitting there analyzing every single move during a game. Like, you think that Dave Van Horn might know what he's doing since he's been coaching there for 15 years. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame if there's a college baseball Hall of Fame. Like, you think that he has the pulse of his team a little more than you do? Like, they question the pitching decisions. I have Mavericks fans saying they need to fire Rick Carlisle. Like, how is Rick Carlisle responsible? Like, he's the coach, right? He makes coaching decisions. He doesn't make roster decisions. So, if you want to fire the GM, fine. But if you watch that Mavericks and Clippers series, you can tell that the Mavericks don't have anybody on their entire roster that can literally guard Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or really even John Rondo. Like, if the Clippers played basketball the way that basketball is supposed to be played, like they would sweep the Mavericks. The Mavericks literally are I mean I know they said they were 18th in defense. I don't know how because maybe Dorian uh Finney Smith like guards people every once in a while. Josh Richardson maybe, but number 1 Josh Richardson makes horrendous decisions with the basketball. The Mavs were shooting air balls. Kleba had an air ball. Josh Richardson had an air ball. Doncic shot the ball off the side of the backboard, which is funny. Y'all were all clowning uh, PG-13 for that. Pandemic P for shooting off the backboard. But when your guy does it, Baby Bird, little little soon-to-be most impactful player in the league. And it's like, okay, cool. Like Y'all are crowning Luka Doncic already. And, and it's like, what does he do in the playoffs? Like He gets hurt, and then he's ineffective, and his team loses. And they're going to lose 4-2 to the Clippers, I'm pretty sure. Because now y'all have woken the Clippers up. So at least for this series, the Clippers aren't going to have to fire Ty Lue and everybody. But you, you, Twitter people are just like, we need to fire them and get better players. Well, if Carlisle had players, like remember when they won the championship? They had Dirk, who's not a good defender. But they had Tyson Chandler, Jason Kidd, Sean Marion. They just, uh, Jason Terry. They had guys that bought into the system, that played good defense. And they were able to execute a playoff game plan. The Mavericks have no answer. And so for all you fans out there that are always talking about respect, it's ridiculous. Like, you're always, you've never won anything. And so you wonder why leagues don't respect you or the media doesn't respect you or the media doesn't want to cover you and you think they sit in an office and are like, hmm, how can we piss off such and such fan base? Like Tennessee Titans fans, you've never won a Super Bowl. I mean, you have Derrick Henry, who's been great. You did go to an AFC Championship game recently, but what have y'all done? Like, what have y'all ever done besides get to that one uh, Super Bowl where y'all lost, which was heartbreaking and that was a really good team but besides that the titans have done nothing it, it's like cleveland browns fans too like i love the, the 330 sports show or uh let me look that up so i don't misquote that because i don't want to sound like i'm trying to disrespect those guys because i love them yeah at 330 sports show and i'm not talking to you guys i'm just saying that y'all are browns fans but you you know the fan base and they're like they don't respect this and it's like they've been the laughing stock of the league like, I'm a Steelers fan. We shouldn't get respected because we've done nothing since the Super Bowl. We got to a couple of AFC Championship games. Well, I know we went played the Patriots once and got blew, blew off the field. Like, the thing is, like, who cares about the national media's respect? Like, I watch those guys because if you actually watch these shows through, like, like unfiltered lenses right and what I mean by that is you actually watch these shows and don't already have this preconceived notion in your mind that your team's going to be disrespected like I see so many fans on Twitter that how do y'all enjoy your life 
Like, because it just seems like you're always looking around the corner for someone to disrespect you, disrespect your fan base, disrespect the people who are the thing that makes this thing go. Like, I really wish this was on video so you could see my facial expressions. I'm going on a rant and I'm going to keep going because we're going to get into these ridiculous fans because a lot of these fans are the same people that are at the games throwing popcorn at... Russell Westbrook and water bottles at Kyrie Irving and spitting on Trey Young, whether that was intended or not, and yelling at John Morant's parents and saying all kind of racial ridiculous things. And I don't even get into the political aspect of it because y'all can't act right. But the thing is, is it fans, we got like, we are so happy. I'm so happy to have sports. I'm a fan. Like, I don't go and watch every game and just wait for someone to disrespect me. If they want to do that, cool. You know how to shut them up? Win. You ever seen the movie Glory Road? And they're all in the locker room and they lost that game. And they're all like the black and white guys are all going. And this is a story about the 1966 Texas Western National Championship team. Even though Disney like took a lot of liberties and made it seem like they won the championship the first year. Still a great movie. Josh Lucas is the, is playing the coach. Uh, coach Haskins, I think is his name. And they're in the locker room, and uh, Derek Luke plays the point guard, and they're all complaining. And you know what the coach says? He says, you want to shut them up? Win. Shut them up? Win. All right? You want to get respect? You want to be celebrated? Win. Like, or stop rooting. Like, I'm not saying to stop rooting for your teams. Like, a lot of you guys have been rooting for these teams. And I like the Dallas Mavericks. They're, they're my second favorite actual NBA team. My favorite NBA team is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Always will be. My second favorite team currently is whoever LeBron plays for. But I'm not a fan of the Lakers. Like, I don't care about the Lakers 18 or 17 championships. I don't care about their legacy. I just want LeBron to do well. But guess what? If they lose, it's not the end of the world. I love the Razorbacks, but I'm not nearly as passionate about them because your fan base got ridiculous and drove me away. Like, you guys are just so worried about this disrespect nonsense that it takes away from the joy. Like, y'all sit there and just argue all day. Like, I don't understand how y'all have this kind of time. Like, it really blows my mind that y'all have this kind of time to just go at people on Twitter and, like y'all's block list must be ridiculous and this just goes to a bigger part of society where we're offended about everything like we just get so, and, and maybe you could say well you're getting offended i'm getting offended it's like no nah, i'm not offended y'all just give me ammo for my podcast and i'm just kind of over here sitting looking at y'all being ridiculous like fan is short for fanatic and i think it's great um also the guy that threw the water bottle at kyrie irving is getting charged with a felony, and I think that's a good thing. Like, oh, he's just a kid, and it's like, listen, he's obviously old enough to throw a water bottle down the stands and almost hit. Like, what if that? Just y- y- y'all are ridiculous, bro. And this isn't for everybody. A lot of fans out there. Charles Barkley said it great last night. He asked how many fans were in the stadium. He was like, there were se- that there were. Uh, he said there were uh, like seventeen thousand fans, or however many fans they were, and he was like. It was like 7,000 fans and 6,999 of them acted right. It's it's that one idiot, and he's right. But it's a bigger problem across sports is because ever since we made a big deal about the malice in the palace, fans just act like there's no repercussions because they don't have to fight these people. And this is what internet has done is people just get on there and say whatever they want because they ain't got to see people in real life. It didn't used to work like that back in the day. You used to get hands put on you. And I'm not out here advocating violence, but... People used to carry themselves different when they knew 
that there were repercussions for the things that they said and things that they did, right? And so I just think we've gotten to a place as a society where we've gotten away from that. Anyways, I'm off the fan thing. I just, man, I woke up today and I, and I got on Twitter and I just saw some of the ridiculous things that people said. But at Jack Vita Show, at Hard Hitting Pod, at 330 Sports Show, at ACME underscore Army, at Podcast Leisure, at Joe's Talk, at Podcast DTS, at The Point Godcast, at New Time Sports, at Brody, B-R-O-D-I-E Talk, at Sports NS Media, at I-80 underscore Sports, at Shooter Sport-ish, at WWSRN underscore Radio, at Sports City Pod, at 4th Long Radio, at 4th and 26 Pod, at Craft B Sports, at S Dude Hines Show, at Round TS Ports Pod. So that's Round T Sports Pod, at Caesar, C E S A R, and Wise Guy, at TGWTS. I'm sorry, I messed that up. At TGWTS Podcast. That's the girl who talks sports podcast. At TGWTS Podcast. At Big Blue Avenue. At Final Take underscore. At Today in Sports 3, at Game for a Movie P1, at Taylor J underscore Bebe, at TR, at T Rick T, so that's at T Rick T, at WD Storytime, and at ST Philly Sports 1. I shouted all those uh, Twitter handles out for a reason, because those are all people that support my podcast and I support their podcast as much as I can with retweets and comments and critiques and all that. And I really hope that I, uh, raised by sports, I don't know if their Twitter handle is on here, and so raised by sports, I appreciate you guys for all the comments and all the things that y'all have done to the the, the great interactions that we had at 330 Sports Show at Jack Vita. So here's the thing, like, I love Twitter because this is how I get people to help support me, right? And so all you other people out there that are just morons, like I'm not going to waste any more time on you. I'm going to continue to get on here. I'm going to continue to do my thing. And I'm going to continue to tell y'all when y'all are ridiculous. Now, I could count, I could call some of y'all out by names, but that's why y'all don't have shows. That's why y'all just have Twitter accounts. See, some of us actually put the work in and are willing to stand here on our own two feet and willing to be ridiculed for the things that we say. We put ourselves out there. So I was freestyle rapping a long time ago, right? So what I would do is I'd go to karaoke, they put a beat on, and I'd rap. Well, I was off the stage, and this guy was like, man, I'll wreck you in a rap battle. And I said, okay, cool. He said, well, let's do it right now. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, I just put my reputation and my credibility and my whole identity on the line on stage in front of people and let them decide right so i said if you're going to battle me we're going to have to go up on this stage and we are going to do this in front of the people and we'll let them decide and if you wreck me cool i'll buy you a drink everything's all good you win but we're not going to sit here and you not put your reputation on the line like no like if i'm out there and i think i just hit my mic sorry about that but the thing is like if i get up there and i'm willing to perform in front of a crowd of people who can either laugh or boo or cheer or chant or ridicule and mock me. If I'm willing to do that, then you have to be willing to do the same. If not, keep it moving. I've got better things to do. So that's how I feel about this podcast.
is I'm out here behind this microphone giving it everything I got. Like I was asking some people the other day on Twitter, I feel like I've lost some of my fire because I try to make this podcast a little too technical. Now I'm like, I'm just going to let it fly. Now I still don't curse and all that because what I'm actually doing is building a catalog in case I ever decide to do this for real. When a company is like, oh, well, we're interested in hiring you. Do you have any material? I'm like, oh, funny, you should ask. You can go on Spotify and Apple and CastBox and Podbean and Google Podcasts and all these other platforms. And you can listen to my material that's there. It's been done. It's been posted. And then you can look up the Rehab Sports Guys stuff from back in the day. I've got stuff there. You can look up Dads in Time Out, which is the current name of this podcast. And that's a great transition. So I have some news about the podcast that I want to give to the people. So if you have been following this podcast at all, you know that this started out. Well, my my introduction to getting on this microphone started with the Rehab Sports Guys with my buddies, Ian Hall and David Delavu. We started the Rehab Sports Guys, I think, back in 2018, somewhere around there. And we were on 12 Ounce Sports Radio, and we started out doing like YouTube videos. Well, me and Ian started doing YouTube videos, and then we started uh, do- doing the podcast. I don't remember how exactly we started, but then I then we ended up on 12 Ounce Sports Radio. Then we went did, did our own thing, and then that ended just because we didn't have the time to do it as a trio. And then David and I did some episodes, and Ian and I had a show called The Kicker and the Outlaw, and then David and Ian had a show called House and Shambles, and then Ian had the Ian Sanity Sports, and then I had the Jesse James The Outlaw show. And so after all that, I decided that I wanted to get back into podcasting, and Ian came up with the name Dads in Time Out. He designed the logo, and so he was basically telling me that he didn't really want to do podcasting but he would kind of do a little more behind the scenes things and support me whatever way that he could which he did and so I talked to him yesterday or the day before I can't remember my days are kind of running together but I think it was the day before yesterday or maybe it was yesterday one of them two days I hit up Ian and I'm like hey man haven't really been super involved in the pod um here's the deal like what I didn't want to happen is for the logo to give people the what am what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't want I didn't want to give people the um, impression that this was a two man podcast, and so I didn't want people to expect Ian to be on the air because his pictures in the logo, and then they turn it on, and it's just me talking for 45 minutes to an hour. And so I talked to him, and I was like, "Hey, man, like I get it, like." Ian has a family. He's got a wife. He's got a stepdaughter who I think is now in high school. Um, she's she's getting up there and she's in like cheerleading and softball and and if I'm missing a sport, I apologize, bud. And so and then he works at uh, he works full time and got crazy hours and so he's just been too busy to be part of the pod, which is completely understandable. But I wanted to talk to Ian because, like I said, he came every name that we've ever had for a show. He's come up with like he's just really good. We, we, we've thrown things back and forth. We were going to have an after hours pod. We were going to we shout out to the Average Joe's sports show, um, the Average Joe podcast. Sorry if I butchered y'all's name, but we actually were going to start an Average Joe's sports show. And we just decided against that name. This is back in like 2000 and I think like 16 when Ian and I were doing NFL. Me and Ian were literally going to preview the entire NFL 
league. Like we were literally going to go team by team. And we did a couple videos. I don't know if they're still up on YouTube, but we literally were going to cover every single NFL team for like an hour. And it was crazy. And we would do it when he lived at home in his parents' basement. And that's not a shot. It's just, you know, he was in college and living with his parents. And I'd go over there and his, his parents are cool. And now they live in Mississippi. Shout out to Jerry Hull and your wonderful wife and your family for everything y'all have done for me. And so long story short, Ian was like, yeah, man, I'm just too busy. And I was like, hey, man, I wanted to check with you if I, I want to keep the name because dad's in timeout is a dope name. And the whole concept of a dad being in timeout and he takes time out for sports. And if you're a dad, you know that sometimes we need to get away and do some things that are in our interest, not because we don't love our kids, but just because we need an outlet. And Ian basically told me, he's like, hey, bro, that name was really designed for you. And it was always designed for you to take over. So I didn't want to just like crop his picture out of the logo and then keep the name. Because, you know, in life, everything is about respect. Everything is about, like, communication, right? And so Ian has been my boy since, I want to say, like, 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. We've been friends for a long time. And my thing is, is if there's ever going to be a change in the podcast, I didn't want it to be a situation to where I was just making decisions. But Ian has basically stepped away from the podcast. I'm sure, I mean, we still text. He texted me this morning about the Kyrie incident. And I'm sure he'll still have some ideas for the pod. But just so you know, this now is officially my podcast. Like, so anything that happens on this pod is directly from me, related to me. I'm held accountable for the things that are said on this podcast, the things that are posted about this podcast, anything on Twitter, anything on Facebook, anything that has to do with dads in timeout is me, Jesse Williams. So shout out to Ian for everything that we've been through and all this stuff. And I wish him nothing but the best. I hope I get to see the guy again. We used to hang out a lot, but I moved a little farther away from where he lives because we actually used to be roommates. I don't know if I, we, we, we were roommates for about a year and we actually worked at the same place, but we're never coworkers. Like he worked there and then I worked there and now we, neither of us worked there. And actually David doesn't, at one point me and David did work together at, at the Slim and Shorty's restaurant. Shout out to Slim and Shorty's, shout out to Misty and Kelly, shout out to Kyle Paris um, Parrish, uh, he was one of our, he was our GM and he's moved to Alabama doing a food truck, I think in Birmingham. If I messed that up, Kyle, I apologize, but he's doing great things. Um, I'm still mad about the Cubs and the Indians world series of 2016, but you know, everything's all good. So that's the update on that. Um, this is going to be a shorter podcast cause I really don't have a whole lot to say. Um, because we've already kind of covered the NBA. There's not a whole lot going on in the NFL except this Julio Jones thing where a lot of people are thinking that it's ridiculous that Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones and Julio Jones, he basically said, Julio, like, do you want out of Atlanta? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm out of there. But it, from what I understand is that the Atlanta Falcons and Julio had already both decided that he was out of there, like, I think they were going to work together on this. Um, people say that Julio didn't know he was on TV. Listen, if Julio and Shannon Sharp have each other's phone numbers, and I'm pretty sure that Julio Jones, if he knew what day it was and what time it was, and I don't know what time zone he was in, but you should assume that if Shannon Sharp's calling you early in the morning, he's probably on TV. 
Um, maybe Shannon should have said something, but I think like I don't think Shannon Sharp has ever done anything for clout like that. In my opinion, I love Shannon Sharp. And I think he does have a really good relationship with these players. So I don't think he did that with the intention of putting Julio Jones on blast or anything like that. I think it's just kind of how it played out. And if Julio Jones felt a way about it, I'm sure that he and Shannon Sharp could probably have a conversation off the air about that. So just so you know, if I ever call you, I will let you know that, hey, we're on the air. This is what's going down. That way you're not ever caught off guard because some people say things off air that they wouldn't say on air which i get um it's a business and that's kind of how this media stuff works i'm a little different usually if i say something off air now i might say it differently on air just because of you know passion in the moment but i'm kind of that guy that just if i say it off air then i'd rather turn the microphone and say it on the air and share it with you guys now if it's something private or something that you know maybe I don't feel like needs to be given to the whole world because here's the thing. I'm not giving y'all all my business, bro. Like y'all are cool. I love y'all support, but I'm not going to sit here and give you all my business. I'm not going to let you know everything that goes on in my life all the time. That That's my life. And it's really none of the people's business, but there are some things that I can share and things that, um, can be discussed with the fan base whatever if i even have a fan base whatever like i might just be speaking the air but i can always go back and listen to this and listen to how i did in the podcast and what i can get better at so the julio jones situation people think that he's going to get a first round for him i don't know he's 32 he was injured last year um i hear that DeAndre Hopkins said he'll restructure his contract. Of course he would. The Seahawks have been in talks. I think that would be a good fit. It gives Russell Wilson another weapon, though um, they need to get more offensive linemen to protect him. Um, So Julio Jones is interesting, but here's the thing. Like, another wide receiver just gives you more security. I don't think that really – I don't think we've ever just seen a wide receiver move that was like, oh, that team's going to go win the Super Bowl now. Like, I remember when the Rams stacked up on all those receivers and then they scored three points in the Super Bowl. So football's different to where you're not really just one player away. It's a collection of talent. How are your contracts structured? Usually it's on your quarterback's early deal. Like, Patrick Mahomes got to a Super Bowl on his rookie deal. Russell Wilson on his rookie deal. Tom Brady early in his career got the three Super Bowls. I'm assuming those were on his rookie deal. Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers. So it's just kind of a trend where unless you get one of these veterans that like like Peyton Manning and they already had a stacked team when he went there or like Brady when he went to Tampa Bay and that team was already stacked, then yeah, they're, they're a quarterback away. But I don't think any of these teams are a wide receiver away from winning the Super Bowl. I could be wrong on that. And it's not saying that Julio's not great. It's just unlike in basketball where you can literally get the basketball and then not pass it, right? Like you can dribble and then go to the hole and shoot or you can hit a layup or dunk. Whereas a wide receiver, you can't do nothing unless the quarterback throws you the ball. And you can affect the game in other ways like blocking and movement and all that. But when it comes to doing damage with the football, the quarterback has to give you the ball, right? You can't just go take the ball and then go do your thing. It's kind of like baseball where Mike Trout gets a lot of heat because it's like he's never won anything. And it's like, yeah, he plays outfield, bro. He catches the ball. He throws the ball back into the infield and then he hits like he's one of nine guys in the lineup. So he's going to see the plate four to five times a game out of 27 to 33 39 at bats right so like the impact on baseball now like if there's runners on base and it's a close game boom he it's a home run he's clutch right 
but he can't control who's on base before him. Same thing with football. Like, the running back can't do anything unless that's, – that's why quarterbacks are just – graded so much harder than other positions because they have the ball in their hands but at the same time it's like if you're throwing for like four if you're getting 40 points and throwing for 300 yards but your defense is trash then it doesn't really matter that's like people talk about like Troy Aikman right he's a great example of a guy that had a great offensive line and a great defense and a great running back and a great wide receiver but at the end of the day if you take out Troy Aikman and you put in I don't know, like, let, let's think of a quarterback from that era that wasn't as good as Troy Aikman, um, and you put him on the Dallas Cowboys, um, just a Detroit Lions quarterback, Mitchell, whatever his name was, put him on the Dallas Cowboys, do they win three Super Bowls, right? So that's why we judge the quarterback harder. That's why in the Hall of Fame, when it comes to the wide receiver, it's kind of more just about strictly numbers, right? So touchdowns, yards, uh, receptions, and then just consistency and like how many thousand yard seasons they have, which now I feel like, the, and this is why I want to transition into this whole like changing of the seasons of on all these sports, right? So like, um, I got I got to stop saying like. So in basketball, they're shortening the season to like seventy two games this past year, and I think that's kind of going to be the thing going forward. And then in the NFL, they added a game, right? And so. My problem with that is there's these things called record books, which I guess in baseball wouldn't matter because it's all going analytics. But if you have less games, so let's say a guy comes in this year in the NBA and then he plays 72 games. He has a 72-game season for 15 years, but LeBron and Carmelo and Jordan all had 82-game seasons for 10 to 15 years. Then the stats are not going to be the same. It's like you're going to cost guys a chance to climb those record books Whereas in the NFL, you're going to add a game. So if a quarterback plays 16 games and averages like 300 passing yards a game, and then you add that 17th game and he throws for 300 yards again, then quarterback in 17-game season versus quarterback in 16-game season over 10 years, the numbers are going to be inflated. So in basketball, they're going to be deflated. And then in football, they're going to be inflated unless the NFL players just decide like, hey, you know what? Or, or the NFL coaching staff and all that just decide like, hey, like we're going to get the NFL. We're all going to sit our guys in week 17, which you're not going to be able to do because the playoffs and the standings are usually close enough to where like there's several playoff scenarios going on in week 17. And listen, I don't care. People like more football. Um, cut a preseason game, add a regular season game, whatever. People are still going to watch. People are still going to pay attention because people love sports, which is why we have fans, which is why we have fanatics, which is why I get to come on here and go off on fans being crazy and ridiculous because y'all give me something to talk about. So as much as I get on to y'all for being crazy and ridiculous, sometimes I might need to just say thank you because you give me ammo for things to talk about, and I really appreciate it. But I'm still going to call you out when you're ridiculous. So I would love to ramble on, but I don't really have legitimately anything else to talk about today. And so this has been another episode of Dads in Time Out. This is your host, Jesse Williams, a.k.a. J. Will, or a.k.a. Jesse James the Outlaw, a.k.a. J. Will, whatever you want to call me. Um, I said J. Will twice because I'm crazy. So until next time, thank you guys for listening. Have a great day and peace out.